Hey everyone, welcome to episode 20 of the Antler Up podcast. On today's episode, Dimitri and I are joined by Austin Cantola of Genesis 3D Printing. In this episode of the Antler Up podcast, Austin talks to us about how he's making our lives easier being mobile hunters with the accessories he's designing and making with his 3D printer. He shares how he makes them. He talks about his 2019 hunting season where he had a nice great buck taken in Michigan and much, much more. Uh, so, you know, we really enjoyed having Austin on this episode and, you know, from our previous episodes, I love talking gear um, and man, we really look forward to getting our hands on uh, some of the products that he has designed. And if you are also interested in trying them out yourself, uh, we have a code for you to use to save 10% from your order. So just go to Genesis3dprinting.com and enter the code ANTLERUP10 uh, to save 10% from your order. As always, a big thank you to all of you for the continued support and especially from all of our partners. Be sure to check them all out over on our website over at antlerupoutdoors.com under our partners page. Onyx is the number one hunting app that lets you know exactly where you stand. And over the weekend, I was doing a little bit of e-scouting on the computer of the property I hunt back at home during the fall. I was looking at some areas that I would like to check out. To do that, I was dropping some waypoints. And from there, I was able to actually share those exact waypoints with my dad, who also uses the Onyx hunt app. And since we have a pretty good idea of the lay of the land up there on the mountain, I feel really good about these spots. And I just want to check uh, for some good sign this past season where I dropped those waypoints next time I go in uh, when I have the opportunity to go up to the club with him and we could go walk around. Um, you know, so this allows us to get back to scouting and with a plan and either uh, either cross off the areas and say, hey, let's continue to look or uh continue to, to look at those areas and drop more waypoints for potential spots to hunt in the fall. So all these tools and key features you could be used right from your fingertips like I did over the weekend uh, on your phone or while you're out scouting or hunting, uh, you could continue to drop those waypoints. Uh, man, we love dropping them and uh, it just helps us out uh, to continue just to see. And again, you could share with your friends uh, and hunting buddies or just like me, you could share with your dad to check some out some new spots. So go to onxmaps.com and download the number one hunting app. First Light's Arrowwool Tech Tee uh, just launched, and uh, I seem to say this every week, but the shirt is super, super comfortable. If you own a wick long sleeve or a short sleeve shirt or a hoodie from First Light, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. The Arrowwool Tech Tees are stylish, but they have the 150 gram Arrowwool construction feature to them that has that 37 and a half active uh, particle technology uh, that dries rapidly without compromising durability and also does the odor resistance. So wear it fishing, hiking, camping, hunting, or out with some friends. Regardless of where you wear it, you will look comfortable, you'll be comfortable, you'll look good, feel good, and you'll play good, man. So find some more. Uh, and what else First Light's coming out with over at First light.com the draw results are in for our mule deer utah archery hunt and dimitri and i both drew our tags and we already began practicing shooting at longer distances and we'll be looking to be dialed in uh, again this fall with our severed broadheads we use these heads because of the pure results that we've had over the last two seasons they fly perfect they're durable uh, and have an insane cut that just straight per, straight up produce. So take it from us when you say that, when we say that these are the best heads we have ever shot. Great people and a great product. Go check them out over at severbroadheads.com. 
and looking to deck out your bow, right now is the time to do it. We're getting closer to the time when uh, strings are going to be harder to come by, when the longer time frame uh, to make them gets gets drawn out. So go over to America's Best Bow Strings, grab yourself a set of the best strings you could put on your bow uh, with the quality and performance, man. I'm telling you, they are hands down the best strings that you could put on your bow. The technology and quality and the awesome custom colors that you could put on uh, the Platinum Series strings or obviously the Premium and the Pursuit. So whatever fits your price range, you have a, a set of strings that are going to be better than the ones that you have on unless they're already just America's Best Bow Strings. So check them out over at americasbestbowstrings.com. And we broke out another piece of equipment this past uh, spring, and that was the uh, Argali's Ultralight um, Game Bag, as well as the Carbon Knife. So we broke those out during Dimitri's uh, PA Bird for this spring, and we loved both products. Man, we can't wait to bring those out to Utah with us this upcoming uh, year, and hopefully we'll have a lot more meat packing in those bags this year in, uh, in, during that hunt. Uh, man, great people. Brad's awesome. Josh is awesome over there. Um, so check out their hats. I, that's what I've been wearing in the Fusion. So again, if you wear First Light, they have the, the color schemes over there to, to get you squared away with our Golly uh, swag. So check them out over at ourgollyoutdoors.com. And thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Austin's a great dude. Really excited to support him. Again, use code ANTLERUP10 to save some money. Thank you so much for the support. And until next time, Antler Up. Hey, everyone. We are live with another episode of the Antler Up podcast. And I'm joined by Austin Cantola with Genesis 3D Printing. Uh, Austin, we are excited to have you on. And welcome to the show, man. Thanks, man. I'm uh, excited to share some stuff with you guys and get a little bit more into what I do now. Yeah, man. Awesome. Well, you know, we, Dimitri and I are both pumped to get in this conversation because we love talking gear and uh, getting mobile for, for hunting. And, you know, you took all this to a whole new level with designing and with uh, 3D printing your own uh, oh, hunting yeah. accessories. So um, that's really awesome. That's what I really want to get into just because mobile hunting right now is just obviously just the 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 number one thing and uh you got to have some real key uh accessories i think to make your life easier as a hunter uh it's like one of those things where it's like do you need it but then in the end of it it makes your life easier um mm -hmm. so we'll, we'll definitely get into that but before we do austin tell us who you are and where you're coming from man okay yeah so my name is austin cantola um been born and raised in michigan uh was born on the east side of the state uh in sterling heights and then moved to the west side in a small town called ravana when i was like six months old so i don't even really remember my time over on the east side so um moved over here because my dad is originally from ravana um was one of five boys um they lived on a, a large farm where my grandpa was a farmer and um, that was just kind of ingrained in him and his whole family. So it's always kind of a joke, but with uh, the Cantolas, um, we're all within like a three mile radius, it seems like, of each other. So it's a small town, but I mean, I mean, we're close <laughs> we're right <laughs> on top of each other. So, um, yeah, so I, that's, that's where I'm from. That's where I live now. I actually moved back here after I graduated school. I went to university called Ferris State University, um, just north of me. Um, went up there, got a degree in uh, mechanical engineering technology, and also was able to play football up there. I was a kicker up there. So, nice. um, yeah, so that's kind of uh, where I went to schooling and whatnot. Uh, my background in hunting and whatnot um, started at a young, young age. Like I said, my dad was a farmer, so um, 
it's almost was part of their blood is to farm and hunt and provide for the family. Um, so right, right off the bat, like I remember filming like my dad turkey hunting and stuff like that. Oh, that's Obviously cool. he didn't, he, he didn't get anything because of the fact that I was probably like <laughs> maybe 10 years old trying to film him making a bunch of noise. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's been one of those things like we have property in the UP, um, where we go up and hunt and it's kind of like when gun opener comes, there's either six to 14 guys sometimes up there all in a cabin, just, just hanging out and just excited to be together and uh, just having a good time. Um, then we have a fishing cabin up there too, on uh, the two hearted river. I don't know if you ever heard of it, but it's a beautiful trout, trout river and trout stream and whatnot. Um, so we, uh, we, we love the outdoors. So yeah, I've, I, for hunting, I've always, I think I, I can't remember. Like, I remember my brother, like, this is a crazy story. My brother, when he was in the youth hunt, I wasn't old enough to hunt, but I wanted to hunt so bad. And so did my sister. She was, she's a year and a half younger than me. So my brother was, we were sitting in what we call platform stand. Okay. And it's like 20 feet in the air with three kids, no railings, nothing. And my dad's sitting up there with us all. And I'm sleeping on the bottom of it. Like just laying there. Fall, I fell asleep because I was just bored. And my dad kicks me and wakes me up and there's an eight point walking right into us. And my brother ended up shooting it with a shotgun while all three of us kids were up in this 20 foot <laughs> wooden stand. And I just, and there, there's so many stories like that. That's crazy. That that's what always drove me to hunting is just cause my dad has made it such a family aspect and like going up North and whatnot. So awesome. yeah, I've always, always been doing it. Now, Austin, growing up in a, a farming family was hunting any different for you in the aspect of, I don't know what they call it in Michigan, but here in Pennsylvania, we call it red tags where you can harvest animals maybe for crop damage. Now, did you do anything with that in your family with your farm? Uh, no, no. Um, no, most of the, the funny thing is when my grandpa got a little older for crop damage, what he would go do is he would just go take a shotgun out back and start shooting in the air to scare the deer out of the crop. Then they got just so used to him doing it. They didn't do anything. (laughs) So, um, but no, we actually growing up, I, I mean, for me, at least my uncles, maybe, but nothing, nothing that I remember. Um, but there's enough hunters here to keep the the deer down in Michigan. (laughs) Oh Yeah. Yeah, that's the number one thing you always hear about Michigan is the pressure and how many hunters, which is, you know, for us, it's a good or a bad thing. You know what I mean? The way you want to look at it. So awesome, mm-hmm. man. I, well, that's just awesome. I love hearing the stories of how you guys get into hunting. And, uh, you know, one thing, too, you just mentioned about your background. You know, Dimitri shares the same thing playing football in college, just like you. And, um, you know, with your, with your background for with engineering and everything is that kind of what drove you to get into this 3d printing world of, of creating stuff? Oh yeah. Yeah. So like my mechanical engineering background was a big thing and I've always loved like creating something. And that's kind of part of my name for my business as Genesis 3d printing. Um, I just love the idea of like starting from nothing and just creating something that nobody's ever thought of or, um, never just, it's just never been imagined before. So with 3d printing, they're getting very popular now, but, I owned one when I was a senior in college, I believe. Yeah. And that was still when it was roughly starting to be new. I've been out of school since 2014. Um, But I immediately, when I saw that, I I loved it. Nice. Now, uh, 
the first piece was the first piece that you started selling the bow hanger. No, actually that was the one that was first on, like I was advertising as my part of my business. Okay. Before that I was just printing and selling what I call figure eighters. Um, that was before I even thought about doing a business or anything. It was more <laughs> of just, Oh, let's try to make enough money to pay for something that I want to pay for, make from it, get for hunting and whatnot. So, right. Yeah. That's awesome, man. We'll talk about, you know, how, I mean, you're now you went from those eighters to, to the bow hangers to now what's getting, I think really popular. And I think you probably will start getting really busy coming these next couple months is the, the, the stick and platform hangers that you have. How do you go oh, yeah. about creating these items? And, uh, you know, I see on your Instagram, I I'm assuming friends and kind of people maybe from those companies are, you know, sending you products just to kind of get the, the mold that you need is, you know, mm -hmm. kind of walk us through that just because for, like I said, we're, we love talking gear, man. So this is something where this is, oh, up, yeah. this is up my alley and, you know, we'll get into it. Cause I want to know, like, from what you've been tinkering around with what, uh, what either you might be changing going into the season or, or whatnot, man. So just, you know, walk us through how you kind of thought about it and you're going from, from an idea to putting it in place to a lot of people's, you know, liking it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how, how the thought process goes behind most of my designs, um, is I look at a problem. So for instance, with the bow hanger, I looked at saddle hunting because that's primarily what I do now. Okay. Um, and, I, and I was looking at it like I'm using like an HME strap with a little plastic hook on it that hold my bow and it's, it works, but it's kind of sketchy. <laughs> like I feel like I'm going right. to drop my very nice bow onto the ground and then be out for the season. Yeah. Um, so for my products, most of the time I look at, I've got this problem that I struggle with personally. Right. And I think, man, what can I do to, at least for me, how it all starts and how it started for this business was like, man, I just want something for myself. And then I was like, okay, let's, let's think about this. What can I do to make this work? Um, so for instance, my product I call Versa hangers. Yep. Um, those came from uh, a group of guys that saw me start, posting more about 3d printing solutions for hunters, mobile hunters, like the bow hangers and whatnot. And they said, man, you should make something that you can hang your sticks from the verse button on your saddle. And I was like, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. So, um, most, most now the ideas to an extent are actually coming from guys that are sharing their problems. And I'm like, okay, that really is a problem. Even if I don't use like the Hawk helium sticks, yeah. I, I understand like where they're coming from with it. And so, um, right now the ideas that are coming up with are mostly crowdfunded or sourced from the crowds and whatnot from social media. I was going to say, you could just get on social media, get on man, th those, the, the Facebook, like run and gun, uh, mm -hmm. uh, groups that are on there and, uh, and get on certain forums, whether it be archery talk or whatever. Um, you probably could have just sit there and just look from the sideline and be like, okay, that's a problem. I could, I come up, start going to the drawing board. Right. Yeah. That's, and that's the thing. Like I literally have a notebook full of ideas from either myself, just watching people post questions like, Hey, what's, what's the best way to carry your platform out to the tree stand? Um, does anybody have solutions for attaching your sticks to your platform? So you can carry all as one system. Right. Like, so I have a notebook full of, ideas that I've seen and from guys that are asking like, Hey, can you make an umbrella attachment or a, a public land legal camera arm, uh, for 
um, trail cameras or right. filming your hunts or whatever. Well, because um, well, man, so, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, I mean, thinking about it, it it's so versatile where uh, when you think about the just the, the platform hangers as an example. So I'll be running like a tethered predator platform and I'll carry everything on my on my pack. But when I start climbing up, instead of trying to whip it around, like maybe before I get up, I'll put on I'll already have that little clip on the back where I could just put that on before I start climbing up the tree. Um, mm-hmm. Or in, in a situation where if I'm not filming or if I just need to go quick right after work and I'm not carrying everything all in, you know, that could be something where I could have it there and then have the stick clips on. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. I'm just kind of <laughs> walking. I'm, I, I, the, the, the wheels are going in the brain where I'm just like, oh man, that's where I could use this. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, man, like walk us through a couple of the products, like just because again, yeah. like I, I want to talk about your awesome hunt that you had this past year. Um, you know, we could get into, I know Dimitri loves just getting into talking about like what style hunting and pick, pick our other hunter brains that we have. Um, but just walk us through with some of the products that you do have, uh, right now that people could buy. Yeah, for sure. So, um, we'll start with, uh, the chronological order of when I've released them, I guess is the best way to do it. Figure eighters are my first thing. Those are literally just Prusik tenders or just hitch tenders in general, because I have two different styles. Um, so those remove the need to have like a mechanical ascender. Um, but they help move your hitch um, basically up your rope uh, when you pull the tag in. Um, so that's kind of the first thing I have on there. That was actually been pretty steady. I thought that that would kind of die off a little bit because the solution that I came up with, anybody really could do it with any type of material, whether it's a piece of rope or whatever, or like a little plastic um, chain links and stuff like that I've seen before. So that one's, but with my designs, I've, pretty much perfected. Um, I'm going to say perfected. You always can be more perfect, I guess you can say. Um, but that distance from the holes. Um, so that was my first product. Uh, my second one is a bow hanger, which we kind of talked about the uniqueness of that one, um, was it's publicly illegal. So you can fit it on a strap, like a one inch strap, but you can use it with a tethered. Um, I always say this one wrong, the cis strap or his yep, strap. I can't strap. Yep. Thank you. Um, so it, it works with that one and then also works with like paracord if you use like a night ice can jam. Um, so that, that one kind of stemmed from, I have all these different options that guys are using what, what works best. Um, so those, that one's awesome. I have two different styles. One that's like a short arm version. If you like to remove your quiver and have it more like sleek. And then I have a long arm version, which a lot of guys who use traditional setups with traditional bows like that one. Right. Um, gets it up further away from the tree. Usually they always have their quiver on their bow um, and whatnot. And the crazy thing about 3D printing is compared to like injection molding, well, there's a few things, but the big one is I don't have to fill the material, make it solid. I can make it even stronger potentially by creating different geometric shapes inside it okay. um, and make it lighter. So those bow hangers are less than two ounces which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. That's wow. the, yeah, that's the one thing. Uh, cause I do shoot with my quiver on, like I use, I run a tight spot and then my, uh, stabilizer, I'm using a, uh, stokerized, uh, micro diameter, like SS one. So it's like the one longer piece that kind of comes out to the side. So it has that, uh, front and rear weight. Um, so mm-hmm. I like to shoot with my quiver on. And, uh, so I, when I saw the longer, bow hanger for sure that's the one where because again i'm using that hiss strap that from tethered and everything like that so yep. um that's why i wanted to 
run it by you to make sure everything would, would fit. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Cause just cause like you said, I saw a video done on it a couple, like of, I want to say a few months ago, uh, on through that running gun, um, platform on Facebook on the group on there. And I'm like, wow, that's a really good idea. That will be something that I'll be looking forward to just because like you said, man, that you, you hang a thousand dollar bow or <laughs> up there and you just hanging on just a little hook like that at, you know, you're one long, wrong turn knocking that bow mm -hmm. off. And then like you said, there goes your season. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's a great uh, one thing that like, I'm glad you brought that up. A lot of guys asked me with like 3d printing, like how strong can it be? Um, and yes, like 3D printing can be really, really weak, but it can be extremely strong based on a few things like how you print it, like how you lay it, lay it down and print. And I don't know if you understand like 3D printing, how it works, but basically it's just like a hot glue gun, okay. but in moving in very precise movements and then it goes up layer by layer by layer. Um, so when I design my stuff, I design it to be very strong for 3D printing. So like that bow hanger, yep. both bow hangers, I've, I've put them on an Instron and had them go above 50 pounds and they don't wow. break. They just literally just keep bending. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so, what you need. Right. I mean, that's again, it just shows you, um, cause there was, I've, I've held a couple other like 3d pieces before, like, just like you were saying, they're solid. And that's again, where I was kind of like, you know, I'm really, really interested in, in the products. And another reason why too, I'm like, man, Austin's about to go blow off here soon. Might as well try to get them on just to get, get them on and get, you know, get you to sell some more products. Because again, I think for someone like me, I'm like right now, June is like the month where I'm already thinking about what I need to get for next hunting season. So that's where I, like I'm saying, I'm telling you these, probably these next couple of weeks, uh, when people start getting back to work a little bit, I think you're going to start seeing uh, a nice increase. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So you got the, the tether piece, you got the, the bow hanger. And then now, like I said, the thing I think that's really oh, going to yeah. take off for you just because sticks, everybody goes nuts over sticks. And, uh, and, uh, so that's something where I think you, you can make a killing. So tell us about what you had got developing with those. For sure. I got, and then the crazy thing with the sticks is you're right. Everybody eats up the stick stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so I got so many ideas that are coming out right now. Like, so you mentioned like the stick clips, but those are basically like a clip that goes on your one inch style tubing sticks. And then it has a little like hook on it. And then it has, uh, it's basically it can go on like your belt or it can go on your saddle molly webbing. Um, so it doesn't have to just be for saddle hunters. Um, if you want to use it on your belt, you just, you literally take a pair of nippers and you cut the bottom hook off to make it so it doesn't like get caught on your belt. Um, but yeah, that thing's perfect for being able to clip it onto your, your stick and then you can unclip your stick when you start climbing to hang it, or you can just leave it on the hook or on the clip and just slide it out of your belt. Um, so there's different ways you can use that one, but yeah, that one's meant for guys who want to be able to get up a tree fast. So I, I did a YouTube video kind of explaining like how it works with those. Okay. And then also the Versa hangers, which is the same kind of concept instead of clipping onto your tubing, it goes around the Versa button. Um, so I was able to climb up and down a tree in six minutes. <laughs> so I think, and that's hanging a platform that's putting your tether up for saddle hunting. That's your lineman rope, everything that's carrying a backpack. I mean, I, I suited up everything for that. And it yeah. was kind of crazy because it was like, 
early February, early March or something like that. And let's take a quick break to thank our partners over at Cobra Archery. Uh, man, they come, they keep coming out with some amazing new releases and their latest one, the Harvester release is the choice that I'll be going with this upcoming season. What I've been using now the past couple of weeks and getting it dialed in, uh, man, total adjustability with this release with the thumb trigger, you could securely set it into position. However you like the angle, the length. Uh, so check them out over at irondecoy.com. I think when you're, when you talk about mobile hunters, there's two things that mobile hunters want. One, they want light loads because they're carrying all these gears. So every piece of equipment, the lighter it is, the easier it is for them to be mobile. And then two, being efficient, which is both is what you're hitting, which is really good for, you know, selling these products to mobile hunters, because when you're getting in these core areas or, you know, you're trying to set up in these, uh, spots you want to be as efficient as you can to get up in that tree and as quickly as you can Mm -hmm, for sure yeah that's that's the thing like like i've already said like i can print these things super strong and super light but the other side of it is they're really efficient just because i the way i've made them is based on what other guys are saying not just what i'm thinking for myself right um yeah they're tailored for everyone well that's the thing like for like how you were saying for getting up as quickly and as, as efficiently as possible. That's the one thing for me for saddle hunting that I'm really looking forward to is just trimming that down. I mean, by the time you start climbing with a, uh, just even just a running gun style, just with a lock on, you get pretty good and get, you know, you see people, I could get up in seven minutes and all that stuff. And it's like, okay, well, how loud are you being? Um, you know what I mean? And, uh, for me, I would get up, I, you know, as the season was kind of wearing on in the middle of October, I felt pretty comfortable and I was all set up even with camera gear, maybe within 25 minutes. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, but now, I just practicing with, with the saddle and everything like that. And I, that's my, my thing was going to be, cause when I had, um, when I was using the lock on for a tree stand, I just put like loops, uh, with paracord on my harness and I just would pl- you know, throw in my stick that way and I would climb up and just pull it that way. So I was trying to get everything up in one, one haul up. So I didn't have to go back down. And, uh, so now I was kind of like, okay, I really don't want to have loops and, all that type of stuff for, for the saddle, just from hanging off everything. So this kind of used to, you know, made that solution pretty easy for, for, for us and to kind of make a decision on that. For sure. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing, like the loops work, but the the big thing that drove me to the stick clips or the Versa hangers is they're solid in there. The way yeah. I've designed them, they fit tight on the Versa buttons and, and, which brings me to other products where I've designed in Versa buttons on my products to fit into like a, um, like a modular system using the Versa hangers, but nothing's like swinging around. It's all straight up and down parallel with your body as you climb. So it's very, very quiet and efficient. So, yeah, that's the key thing. Cause I remember one time this past season where, uh, it was a really cold morning and my, I'm just like made a wrong move at one point and my stick kind of like did the nice little wave and just like clanked on mm-hmm. something. I was just like, Oh no, you know, it's just like one of those, all right. Did everything within a mile radius just run or picked her head up and be like, all right, not going over there today, but <laughs> now awesome, man. So you have the stick thing. And like you said, you got all different combinations. I saw for like, um, for the Hawk that you just mentioned that are like kind of more new for you. Uh, you got mm-hmm. to sh- that water cl- clip that, uh, fits the shikar sticks, uh, B sticks, all kinds of basically every main stick manufacturer right now, pretty much. Right. 
For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other side of it. We didn't really touch on when you asked about how I'm able to do this stuff is I'm just a startup company. Like I'm, to be honest with you, the reason why I started doing this is because I want to do it for myself. But the reason why I made a business out of it is to pay off student loans. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, I'm not trying to get rich or anything. I'm just trying to come up with a better hunting solution for myself, but also trying to get debt free, man. Good so. for you, man. That's awesome. And that cause coming from a T you know, as a teacher and with two degrees, I, I, I commend you for that, man. Cause I'm the same way, dude. That's no, you know, but, uh, that's awesome, man. And, and good for you. Just like you said, you're just out there trying to make it efficient and, and for yourself and other hunters out there and just you know, kind of doing the right thing. So I, I appreciate that hearing you say that. And then I'll, you know, the other little piece kind of, I guess is in that same realm is with the uh, platform hangers hanging, oh, yeah. hanging from the saddle or what, however, you know, even, mm-hmm. Yeah. And those ones, those ones are so unique because when I was thinking about the platform hanger, I was like, okay, people have been asking for some sort of way to hang their platform, but not like from like some guys use like the, I forget what they call it. It's the night eye stuff yep. where it's the gear ties. rubber coated. Yeah. Yep. Gear ties. Thank you. Um, guys use that or just paracord in it, but it just swings around and it's hard to get it unlooped and then hook it back up together. These platform hangers, you literally drop it in at an angle and then when it comes to the bottom and rotates back over because it uses gravity to lock it into place. I designed in like a ledge that literally won't let it come back out unless you twist it and pull it out. So it's, and it's crazy because it literally just looks like a J. Yeah. I mean, there doesn't look anything special, but the, the, the predator platform hanger specifically is a very popular one. Cause I think a lot of guys are running that platform. I've probably received the most like positive, like, emails or messages from guys saying this thing is so crazy simple but it's just it works right and so like it's it's crazy that you look at it and you're like it looks like nothing special but it doesn't yeah that's <laughs> awesome man well that's sweet dude and I, I i know like i said we'll we'll continue on with some of the products and what you got kind of gearing in your mind and uh you know like you keep things in your back pocket and stuff. But before we get into all that stuff, talk about, you know, your 2019 season. Cause like I said, I know you got a really nice buck and uh, you know, walk us through that little cool little story of, of that. And like kind of what you, uh, especially too, for me, like I said, getting excited for, for jumping into the saddle hunting, you know, that's just something where um, I just love hearing the success with that and, you know, how to kind of how that played a part or not played a part or however you want to get into that. Oh yeah. Um, so let's paint the picture where I hunt in Ravana. Um, I, my, I rent from my dad. Uh, my dad's uh, house is literally just to the South of me and I rent from him. I have a house here that we live in my wife and I. Um, and so on this piece of property, we have about, I think 90 to 96 acres. Uh, most of it's woods too. And it butts up to, um, like my grandma's cornfield and her soybean field. So, um, it's, it's kind of more, it's the more wooded area than typical for our neighbors and whatnot. Um, so starting into 2019, I, we had a few bucks that were really targeting hard. Um, and one is the buck you're referring to that I got this last year. We called him the big eight cause he was just a massive eight point. Um, I think when I scored him, I think it ended up being like 145. getting, getting ahead of the story. But, um, <laughs> so we had, we had lots of pictures of him and, but we have a lot of history too, because right, like right down the road, my uncle hunts um, from us, and he actually had more experience seeing him throughout the years. And 
he's the one that named it and they they were hoping to see him more than we were because he just never showed up on our cameras before until this last year um so we started seeing him like august um and then into september and then even into early october and then we're like okay he's sticking around yeah i don't know why but he's doing it um so i think it was like the second week in october my my sister also hunts here and she was out hunting with my dad and she had him come out between my dad and her, I believe. And she couldn't get a shot cause it was too dark. It was just before dark and whatnot. She was with her bow and my dad went out a few days later and saw him again, coming out of the exact same <laughs> spot. And we're like, well, I, I literally just thought about it in my head. I'm like, okay, we know where he's coming from. Cause they're where he's coming from is right from thick bedding that we just, just, over the years of learning this property, that's where they bed. Um, so looked at the wind direction during those two days and both times the wind was coming out of the South blowing right to that bedding from and So he, he was just walking into the wind smelling what he's walking into. Like he was a smart deer. He, he lived for a while for a reason. Yep. Um, and so it was funny because I've already mentioned the stand, but the platform stand was the stand I was hunting out of um, when I first, went out hunting after him for the season and it played perfect. I mean, I don't know how it worked, but in my head I was like, this is going to work. And it did. He came out literally 30 minutes before uh, dark uh, legal shooting light ended. And he came out with another hit list buck on our, our list that my dad uh, got this year. Nice. And that buck walked out, but I was waiting for him to come out because I was like, well, if he's here, I'm going to shoot him. And so that one buck came out and I could have shot him, but he, the big eight just sat in the woods and literally just sat there for the next 20 minutes and waited for it to get dark. And he's, he's probably like 22 yards from me, but it, you know, like when it gets dark in the woods, it's usually lighter out in the field kind of thing. So if I was hunting in the woods, I wouldn't have got a shot at him either right. way. Right. So I, I literally just sat there and waited for him to come out. And finally he started making his way and then he stepped out and I just couldn't get him to stop. And by the time I got him to stop, I, let an arrow fly and I felt confident in it went right where I was aiming for, but it just went underneath him. So it just judged the yardage just a little bit too, too short. And he was a little bit too long. So he, he didn't know what the heck happened. He just went right back to where he came from. And I'm sure he's been shot at, which in this story, he's been shot at a lot. Yeah. So he, he lived the see another day after that. And then I think it was two weeks later, my dad also got a shot at him and he was like, 25 yards that time and my dad shot underneath him again and i don't know what was going on but he was just living to see another day so um yeah then then we 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 kind of took a break from hunting him hard like we were um, just to kind of let him breathe a little bit and we i went to missouri um didn't get anything when we were down there um it was a rough rough year for us in missouri um and then came back here and it was like the week of uh, Thanksgiving. So it was that Friday. Okay. Um, we were, my wife was at a craft show cause she also has her own small business too. She makes like headbands and stuff like that. Nice. She's, she's trying to help us get out of that too. Yeah. So she, she was at a craft show and I was like, I'll just go out hunting. And I went out, I went out that morning and I sat in the stand with my saddle and it's actually a tree stand, but I was using my saddle because I, I actually like the maneuverability of a saddle to begin any shot 
possible, especially in this spot because it's right over a food plot, but your back is kind of to some thick stuff when you sit in the, in the tree stand. So I positioned in a saddle so I could see that because I felt like they're going to come out of that area. Right. And sure enough, I heard I heard a deer come out. It was a little dofon. Um, and I was like, I'll just pull back, get some practice pulling back in the saddle because it doesn't hurt. And then I saw a little six point coming too. And I was like, well, I'll just, I'll practice on him and I'll wait for her to go through. So she went through and then I heard what I thought was a six point. And I was like, man, he's really close to me. He was like 50 yards away from me. And then I, and it was so thick there that I couldn't tell what it was until I saw his antlers pick up and it was the big eight. And it was just like, Oh, I guess I'm really pulling back now. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it was, it was one of those things like I, you literally crap your pants when you see a deer like that big. Um, so I tried to gather myself and he stepped out in my lane at 22 yards. Um, and I let one fly on him. And when I did, he, he was so used to getting shot at that he, he ducked my arrow. Um, they can duck it at 22 yards. I mean, they, they're crazy animals. And I, I thought for sure I had his back lungs and for sure his liver. Um, and he took off and he crashed actually in the woods. And my dad was actually hunting 50 yards from me in another tree. And I called him or texted him or something. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. It feels like, and I said, I just shot the big eight. And he's like, I just saw him crash. He's down. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) And so like in my, in my gut, I was just like, okay, it wasn't as bad as a shot as I thought it was. Cause I saw him, I had a Luminoc and everything. I saw him run away and I was like, okay, that's not bad. And then I get down and I just want to see what kind of blood was initially there. Cause everybody wants to get going right off the bat. And so I, I couldn't find blood cause we had a lot of water that day. And then my dad called me while I was out of my, out of my saddle. And he's like, you won't believe it. He got up and he walked right past me at 12 yards and I couldn't get a shot at him. Oh. <laughs> And he's like, I see, I saw the arrow in him, everything. Like I saw blood coming out both sides and my dad, he's like, I tried to get in the stop and just to try to get a shot. And he grunted at him and the buck just did like flipped out because he's like, Nope. And just took off. And, and my dad's like, I hear him. Like he, he crashed in the corn again. And so like in my head, I'm like, okay, he's really hurting. And he's probably laying in the corn now. So we ended up backing out and I really wanted to go in. Like everybody wants to keep going after their buck, especially a buck like this. But we, we let them sit. And then the next morning, um, we started out. So it's been like 24 hours after I shot him, brought my, my cousin out, my dad out, my sister. And we started just kind of walking the cornfield and I shot him with a bow, but it was, it's shotgun season where we're at, but I, I just love bow hunting. And so that's, I just, so I really wanted to shoot him with a bow and whatnot. So we started tracking him and we ended up tracking him on five different properties that were on, like next to us. And we, we basically went to like three in the afternoon and nothing. Wow. Like we even brought a dog out. We couldn't find him, And we ended up getting to a property that I didn't know. I knew who owned it from like, like base maps or Onyx, but I didn't know how to get like, get in touch with them because they weren't home. They rented the house that they, that was there and there was nobody was there. So based on what the, the person, the dog tracker said, he, he believed he was still alive. And so he just kind of backed out and I just had a huge pit in my stomach. I bet, um, man. Oh my. So yeah. Cause I mean, 
we just it was just hard because you spent all that time looking for him and that whole this whole season was built up to seeing him and shooting him so about almost a week later my uncle um called me while he was picking corn and said hey the big eights behind grandma's house in the cornfield and i was like oh and i thought he was done but apparently he was still alive um <laughs> we had to put him we had to shoot him um I, what ended up happening is the arrow was still in him and it actually went through his spinal cavity, but didn't break anything. But by the time he got to that cornfield, it wiggled out where my broad head was in his spine and it broke and paralyzed him. Dude, man, they're so freaking strong. Yeah. And this, he, he, like people say like J hooking and whatnot, he literally did the biggest J hook back to our property. Like where he ended up was like, maybe two to 300 yards from where I shot him. Jeez. So yeah, we, I mean like he was still alive. So all the meat, like it sucked. That was the worst way to take that deer, but it was better than finding him dead and losing like all his meat and not being able to have something from it other than antlers. Absolutely. Antlers are nice, but I mean, I, I sure do like some backstraps. Well, hey, man, you got a good end of the story in a sense of closing it. You know what I mean? You had that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you started, you've, you've had history with them. Your family has, and, um, you know, you didn't have to, and you closed it out. It wasn't, yep. you know, it wasn't the neighbor, like you were saying, five properties over doing it. So, mm-hmm. man, way to stick with it. I commend you again for that. I That's that's awesome. You know, a lot of people yeah. would have just said, eh, whatever, and, gone after that other nice big deer that your dad got (laughs) you know what i mean like it's you know it's just uh the nature of the beast unfortunately to to think that way but that's what happens and so good for you uh man congratulations on that because that that buck was freaking awesome dude yeah it was it's my best buck to date so i'm pretty happy with it yeah and i love too like you said you you're you love going out with the bow and uh you know there's times where dimitri and i and you know i know last not this past season but like 2018 i was uh um it was actually the day it was the last day i think dimitri when you shot that buck wasn't it two years ago uh yes yeah it was the last day and um i didn't get anything that year and i was out with the bow i didn't even have the rifle but i was just i was going after it when all the the orange army out here in pa is with their rifles i'm still up in a tree stand with the bow just trying to get lucky man even if it was a doe i didn't care i just wanted to like you said i just love flinging the the carbon dude so that's awesome mm-hmm. yeah and it, i i don't so i don't knock anybody that wants to go out with a gun it's oh, yeah. i'm just happy to see people out in the woods and whatnot but just there's nothing i don't know i've never i've shot a deer i've shot a few deer with a gun i've shot a lot of deer with a bow and there's nothing like getting really close to a deer and like they have no clue you're there until you fling an arrow yep kind of thing yeah so no. And for the last break of the day, let's thank our partners over at Stoker Eye Stabilizers. I'm using the brand new M1 Hunter 14. This is the micro diameter stabilizer. It's perfect for eliminating vibration. It balances out the weight from the front and the rear. Uh, man, this past weekend, I had the opportunity for over Memorial Day to shoot um, with the and man, over the weekend, I had a chance to shoot a little bit further distance and at my back wall, I felt so good going through my shot process and my groups from 50 were solid. And, uh, I, man, I really feel good about my setup right now. And the Stoker Eye Stabilizer is one of those contributing factors. So check out what the guys are doing over there, uh, over at Stoker Eyes, proudly made in the USA, also here in PA. So check them out over at StokerEyes.com.
That's awesome. Well, I think also with, with archery, I mean, you, you spend so much time preparing for that hunt. I mean, you talk about most people were trying to shoot our bows year round. I mean, and you're just honing in on your accuracy and, and your yardage and, and judging distances and like there's so much room for air when you're shooting a bow and arrow where deer or hunting with a rifle, what, what do people do? They go out the day before or the week before and they, they shoot their gun two or three times, make sure they're hitting the target and then they go out hunting, you know? So you don't get that satisfactory where you're preparing for so much. And then when you finally pays off the, the gratitude you have for that is so much greater. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. 100%. So tell us a little bit about your hunting style. I mean, you went into your hunt a little bit of detail there. Um, do you guys normally just hunt field edges or um, maybe earlier on in the season or, and then later on, do you typically try to transition into more bedding area? How do you set up on that property as far as the yep. season goes on? Yeah. So early season, um, I usually set up more on like the field edge, like what you're saying. So like where I'm at in Michigan, we're right before it starts transitioning to the North of us where it gets more hilly. Um, so where I'm at, it's like super flat. There's, there's no terrain that's going to help funnel deer in. It's, it's flat as can be. So early season, I, I set up on field edge for where they're going to start feeding, going to feeding from bedding. So based on where the wind's coming from, I'll go to that spot where I think they're going to kind of transition to out of their bed to that spot where they're going to want to feed. Um, so that's kind of how I've um, set it up and whatnot. I'm, I'm like super methodical about how I hunt and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm constantly overthinking and I feel like, <laughs> um, we all so, are, man, we're all there. Oh yeah. And, and I mean, even with like mobile hunting getting so popular, like when you go on mobile hunting, I feel like you're, you're invested into it. Like not only from your wallet standpoint, but like from your head standpoint, you're setting up, you're spending time that you could just go to a tree stand that's already set up there and just get up in there with mobile hunting. You're like, okay, I'm really going to get in the best spot possible. So that's, that's kind of the same thing that I've been trying to do. Like last year, I really pushed myself to be almost as 100% mobile on our, our private property, which is really hard when you know you have tree stands to go hunt. Yeah. Um, but I really wanted to really push it. And even with that, like I said, like when I shot that buck, I was in a tree stand, but I was using my saddle yeah. because I'm just more comfortable with it. Um, so like early season, I'm on a field edge. And then when it gets starting, um, late October, I start transitioning to where I know we have some core bedding areas. Um, so where my dad was sitting was one of our spots where we know they go in bed. I mean, it's, it's thick, it's nasty. It's was just logged off, um, about 10, 12 years ago. So it's just starting new growth and whatnot. So, um, we have a lot of food plots that my dad, my dad's really big into environmental stuff. He, That's awesome. he went to, he went to school for it up in like the Sioux, um, uh, so he loves, he's planted trees since he was first got this property when he just got out of college and he's been planting trees like ever since. So 
he loves that stuff. He has even some, I don't know if I should be sharing this, but he even has like irrigation going to stuff out there. Mm -hmm. So that's like his hobby. He loves doing sprinkler work. So he has it in his woods. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What's funny is a buddy of mine, um, he went to Penn state, like we're, we're from central PA. So we're right by Penn state university and they have like the number one turf grass, uh, management Mm -hmm. program. And I'm, I'm always busting with my buddy just to help me out. Cause we, we, Dimitri and I, we have nowhere to hunt, uh, like fields or anything like that. But we're, we're all, I'm always like picking his brain. I'm like, dude, what can I do in the woods? And he's like, dude, it's almost impossible unless you get like a sprinkler system. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I figured. Yeah, no. And that's like, that's the crazy thing is like, since my dad started doing that, I think last year was the first year he started doing it. Our food plots look amazing. Nice. I've never seen them look so good. So he spent a lot of time on it, but I'm loving it. Good man. Hey man, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. So late season, um, I start to transition more back to feeding areas like you like to see from most people. Um, so I go back to where I was mostly in the beginning of the season for hunting this field edges, same sticking with my bow. But, um, with that, I think it changes a little bit based on how I know, um, uh, cause it starts snowing pretty early here in Michigan. So you can see their, their, their tracks and stuff like that. So you can see if they've changed up how they, have moved through different trails and whatnot. So okay, yeah, that's kind of my, my style, I would say if I have one. <laughs> now, now tell us a little bit about what gear you're running and using uh, these past few seasons. And then you also mentioned a little bit about your filming on occasion and tell us maybe how you go about that and, and do that with the saddle as well. For sure. Um, so the gear that I'm running right now um, is I've switched up my bow this year. I used to use a Elite Z28, so it's an older bow, um, but it's a bow that every time every time I went to go want to sell it just to make money because I just bought a Gearhead um, D24. Um, everybody's like, "Oh, don't sell that bow. That bow is awesome. Everybody always wants that bow. Like you'll regret it." So. Now I have two bows <laughs> and, um, so the Z 28 actually I bought it for my cousin and cause he was upgrading and I've shot a lot of deer with that bow and it's been solid. It's, it's one of those bows that just is consistent. I don't know what it is, but it works. Um, so that's what I've been using the past few seasons, but I'm transitioning to, um, that this disruptor 24 is what they call it by gearhead it's geared more towards saddle hunters i don't think they intended that when they first launched their their business with the t-series i think is what it started at okay um but that that bow i've i really liked it a lot and i can't speak um i i mean skip at gearhead archery is amazing um his customer service is next yeah, to i none. saw that so- that story man that's crazy yeah, that, that story where, I mean, I took it to a local bow shop, bow shop to get it set up. They literally got it all set up for me. This younger guy was working with me the whole time. And then an older guy came to finish it up, even though he didn't need to. He was just ornery and wanted to do something. He went to go pull it back uh, from the ceiling just to check the timing and stuff. And with the, the gearhead bow, since there's such a short axle axles, any like torquing of it, if you're not pulling it back with a release, you have a really high chance of the string coming off the cams, which it literally just blew up right in his face. My whole, like, this is a brand new bow and it just went poof. And he, he looked at me and he's like, looked at the bow. He's like, huh, well, I'm sorry about that. That sucks, man. And then just kind of walked away. And I was like, 
so what happens now? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that one, that one was really crazy. And like they said, we'll, we'll be in contact with you. We're going to try to get replacement parts to replace it. And in my head, I'm like, I just watched my bow blow up. How are you going to fix that? And so skip, um, was coming in, um, for, I forget what they call it. The, like the, some, it, it was a hunting expo for yeah, here yep. and hunting time expo. I think it what they call it in Grand Rapids. Skip was coming for that. And he said, well, I'll just bring him a brand new bow. And he dropped off a brand new B series 24 is what I had at that time. And he brand spanking new and he, he didn't have to do it. Um, and he just dropped it off. Didn't even tell me he just dropped it off. And I, when I went to go pick up my old bow, they said, Oh, he just gave you a new one. Wow. I was like, Oh, Okay. So it started with that. And then I've been, I've contacted skip a few times with questions and whatnot. And one time it was like, Hey, I don't really care for the cams for the B series. It just doesn't fit me. And he's like, Oh, just send it back. I'll put the T series cams and make it a, a D 24. Wow. I was like, okay. So I shipped it to him and he shipped it back, put new cams on it. So their, their customer service is like the yeah. best customer service. That's I've what you want to so hear. I mean, regardless of whatever company or brand you're shooting or wearing, you want to hear of good customer service that's backing you and behind you. And, um, that's awesome, man. Good for you. Good for them. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, that's the bow I'm using. Um, the arrows I used last year were, um, just some Maxima hunter, uh, hunter red or whatever. Um, and I was using some just, some muzzy broadheads last year um switching to annihilator annihilators this year i i don't know why but those things fly awesome and they just go they penetrate especially if you keep them sharp um i i personally i love uh sika but that's i think you can go anywhere with all this um technical clothing and yeah, whatnot absolutely um, but i that stuff works well for me, especially too where you're at, where it gets cold, you know? Oh, it gets real cold. And I'm a, I'm a small dude. So I get cold really easily. I don't like being cold. So I was very happy with the, the fanatic series when I tried that out for the first time. So what else we got for gear? Oh, the saddle. Um, so like I mentioned, I was trying to be as mobile as possible last year. Um, one, because it's fun, but two, because a company reached out to me and they're new to the saddle industry and they had this new saddle, they were trying to get some people to test and they reached out to me and they said, Hey, could you test her saddle for this upcoming season? I said, sure. So I really wanted to be as mobile as possible to put their saddle through the ringer. Um, so I used that when I was in Michigan as much as possible. And then when I went to Missouri, I used that the whole time when I was down there. Nice. Um, so I, I can't say too much about it because they haven't released the saddle. It's by a company um, called Latitude Outdoors here in, in actually Michigan. Oh, cool. And I think they're supposed to launch in April, but all the COVID stuff pushed it back to May. Um, but yeah, that was the saddle I was running. It's going to be a really nice one for anybody that's looking for one um, come 2020. So what else we got for equipment? Any other things that you guys can think of? That's, that's pretty much hit, hitting all the, the nails on the head there, man. And that's, I just love hearing to see what people tinker around with, you know, it's just, uh, mm -hmm. you know, what, uh, for your way of bringing, packing everything in, like what's, you know, what, what are you uh, doing just mainly? Cause I'm, I'm assuming you're mainly hunting your, your private farm, um, yep. you know, your mainly area. So you're not having to lug so much stuff in, um, like what is your typical, run and gun typical setup yep. look like you know what i mean like uh, you don't have to break down everything just uh no, you know, that's so, fine. So, yeah so go for it man 
Yeah. So when I, when I actually do my running gun, I actually last year use, like I built custom sticks. They're just one inch tubing with some standoffs that were 3d printed, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, so I 3d printed standoffs for it to uh, work. And then I bought some steps for it and I built my own sticks and I used to, I used a sling. Actually, I just made, I sewed a strap, like a one inch strap and threw it over my shoulder and just got, went out in the woods with my saddle and my bow. So that was like, I, I really didn't need a backpack cause I'm, walking right out behind my house it's yeah it's like 150 yards from my house where i'm hunting pretty much well that's what um, I, I don't mean to cut you off but it's the one the day that we actually filmed our tethered uh phantom saddle kind of like just overview uh, a couple months ago i'm like standing there and i'm like legit i'm like okay once i have my pack on that will have the predator platform and and my sticks i'm like this is all this is it you know what I mean? I'm like, this makes my life so much easier where I'm not having this huge bulk kind of coming up behind my shoulders and head. And when I'm trying to duck, what am I going to hit and everything like that? You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. But for someone like you, it's even more like awesome just for the sole fact that like, like you said, you got a sling with just carrying your sticks on and like your bow and you're like, see ya, you know, like yep. it, that's all it is. Yeah. And it's for the upcoming season. Cause I, now I have all these products that I make that I can just use myself. Um, I actually am probably going to use like a combat belt and run my sticks on that. Um, cause I have a system, I have a system called the sick mule system now Yep. and that I didn't really talk about that, but that basically is going to clip onto your sticks and be very similar to stick clips, but they'll actually allow you to store your sticks horizontally or vertically. If you have a, like a predator pack or something. Um, and so I'll use that because once I get to my tree, I'll just literally pop them out of the Versa hangers and then just have them hang from my side and then I can climb right away. So I'm my style honey is I want to hit a tree and I want to just start climbing. I don't want to have to unpack everything. So, yeah, that's awesome. And that's, that's something too, for me that I cannot wait to just kind of like, I love, I've talked about it in, uh, you know, the, the, my, the previous podcast here with Joe Coy from fourth arrow camera arms when I was just saying like, my the summer months even though it might be like 92 degrees if it's that one day where my like my wife and my daughter might go out and do something else and i have that that time slot where i could go shoot and practice like that's the time where i might try to get up in a tree and, and do like go through the motions get that early you know just fumbling around of putting the sticks around the tree and getting it all set up and uh that's what i love doing is just getting set up so i'm like excited again to keep running through and practice shooting from the saddle and um mm -hmm. all that stuff yeah for sure yeah that that's the nice thing about the off season especially for if you're like me i don't have kids so i can just go practice all the time my <laughs> wife may not like it as much as I'm, she's like where the heck is he yeah um, but yeah that's that's the perfect time and that's the thing like um people have been i've been really overwhelmed with sales it's been awesome but uh, I was actually talking to Lou uh, from Stealth Strip or Stealth Outdoors about this stuff. And cause I'm like, man, I've just started doing stuff. Like, what am I anticipating? Like, what should I expect for sales and stuff like that? Coming like, when's your low, when's your low months? And he's like, usually like May. And I'm like, Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> that's gone. <laughs> that's gone. And I'm pretty dang busy right now. Yeah. So I'm telling yeah. you, I, Hey man, I'm like, I'm telling you just cause, uh, I, I, you know, I, I love just checking out brand new stuff and gear and all that. And like I said, I, I just know once people settle on what they're going to use, then that's when it's like, okay, I'm going to settle for the X stick. And mm -hmm. from there, how could I get it to work for my setup? 
Yep. You know what I mean? And they oh, might, yeah. and they might go through three different things until <laughs> they, <laughs> you know, until they decide on what exactly thing they're going to do. Yeah. And that's the fun thing is I got all these sticks that people are sending me to use for my products to test out and whatnot to get a product to work for it. And so I've been able to have all these different products in my hand to know like, okay, I really like these, but I don't like these ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so now, Austin, can you give maybe some of our listeners some tips as far as using the saddle or shooting out of the saddle? I know when Jeremy and I first got our hands on the saddle and we were at my house and practicing and getting in it and kind of, kind of simulating if a, a deer was over here or, you know, coming from our right side or our left side and transitioning into that shot. And it, it's not an easy thing to, to do. No. You can't just get in in a saddle and, you know, not even try it out and try to go hunting and then try to shoot out of it. Um, it's, it's complicated and, and at the beginning to kind of figure it out. Can you give some tips or tricks to yeah. some of the people now they've used one? Yep. So what I would say to set yourself up from, from the beginning or the get go for success with a saddle, um, shooting out of it is wherever you think the deer are going to be coming from set up so that they're going to be coming to like your, your offhand. So I'm a right-handed shooter. So if I want to have a really solid, easy shot out of a saddle, if I'm looking at the tree, my like seven, eight o'clock range, that's my, that's my bread and butter spot. So if I'm going to set up in a tree and I'm going to position my platform, I'm going to set it up. So where I think the deer are going to be coming from, they're going to end up somewhere over on my left side. So if you're a right, a right hand shooter, that's going to be on your left side. If you're a left hand shooter, it'd be the opposite, obviously. Um, so obviously deer are unpredictable. You can't really predict it all the time. Um, so like two years ago when I was hunting in Missouri on public land, I had a, a nice 10 point walk behind me and I ended up having to wait for him to literally walk within eight yards behind me and come up to my left side. Um, but it doesn't always work out that way. So I, I, I personally found, um, with a saddle, I feel more comfortable shooting from it because not, I'm not like swaying back and forth when I'm standing in a tree stand. Cause like when you pull back on a deer, sometimes you're sitting there for a while and you kind of feel like you're swaying, like your, your body's like losing the equilibrium and you're not really steady with a saddle. You can kind of almost just lean back in it, let that saddle like make you sturdy, stabilize your body. Um, so that's kind of, I actually have found I've shot better out of a saddle versus like shooting in the yard. Cause I'm, I feel my body kind of want to move a little bit on me. Um, but yeah, always, always set up with this, the idea that the deer are going to come to your left side. And if they come to your right side, there's some, some people like to like swing the bow underneath their tether and then like have it go over their shoulder. Yeah. I, I've tried that. I, I just can't do it to the point where I think a deer is not going to see it happen. Um, if a, if I see a deer start coming in to a spot from like, if I have time to know like, Oh, he's coming to my right side and I don't want that. I'll actually start moving my body around the tree. Cause you can swing around the tree. I actually have my platform and then I have two steps so I can actually use those steps to get around the tree. So like, for instance, if that deer in Missouri would have kept going through my right side, I actually would have swung around and had the tree between me and him as he came into me. And then as he came around the tree, I would shoot him on the backside of the tree right. while I was facing. So, um, if, if you're running a platform, like when I went to Missouri last year, I just used a ring of steps the whole time. 
and I sat all day in it, but, um, that was just because the, the saddle I was using was comfortable and I could do that. Right. Um, right. but even if you're, if you run a platform, I highly suggest running two steps on both sides. Yeah. That was my, 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 definitely my, my plan of attack. I was going to run, um, I'll tell you what I'm going to run off air that way you could be like, that way you could be like, you to do, you got to get something else. Um, anyway, I, uh, uh, I, I was planning on trying to either, cause I, I have a set of Hawk sticks, um, that, that I, I used for mobile hunting just even during like last year with, with the running gun. And I was planning on keeping, cause I have four of those sticks. I was definitely going to keep one of those, even with a, the, the other set of sticks that I was going to use mainly for saddle hunting. Cause I have four of them. Um, but they're really light and they compact really good. And then I mm-hmm. was debating on just stacking that one Hawk stick with me as well, just to put like right on that other side of the tree. So I would have mm-hmm. two, two sticks, like one on each side and plus that predator platform just in that event. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. And there's sometimes where I'll actually, instead of hanging my platform above my last step, I'll hang it. Like what you're saying is use my last step, my last stick as like an extra spot where I could put my foot on yeah. if I wanted to swing around. So like when I re- used the ring of steps last year in Missouri, the whole time I set it almost level with the stick, my last top of my last stick. So got to use those to help you get around the tree. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Now, do you have any plans or anything new coming out in 2020 that you may be able to share with us or, you know, maybe you're working on that you're able to release? um i got it's crazy because like with 3d printing like i can i can have something come to market like within a week depending (laughs) on how long it takes me to design it yeah and test it out and how comfortable i feel like putting in other guys hands um so there there's so much stuff that i'm working on so one thing i actually am probably going to release after we get off the air tonight is my stick stack stow system it's kind of a tongue twister um but it basically allows you to snap all your sticks together for a one inch style tubing so you can carry eight sticks or whatever you want out there and they'll all like lock together and you won't need a strap to go around them they all snap into each other that's awesome Um, so that one's coming. A lot of people have been asking about that. Um, we, we have, um, I say we, I've kind of outsourced this. There's a guy I work with that has been much as much a part of this business as I am um, with helping prove out designs where I, I tasked him with coming up with a camera arm. Um, and his, I can't share too much about it because I don't know what we're going to do with it yet, Yeah. but it's going to be super light because of the fact that I don't have to print the, sol- the thing solid. Um, it's going to be very, uh, uh, adjustable and whatnot. And it's, and it's the ideas that he's coming up with for this thing. They're, they're, they're just not out there right now. That's awesome. So that's, that's why I don't know if I can share too much. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, um, don't let the whole uh, cat out of the bag. <laughs> yeah. And the cool thing is it's geared towards mobile hunters and it's going to be, I mean, three inches wide and it can extend out to 18 inches. So it's not huge. But right. it's not it's not meant for that that style of hunting. I think it's more for those guys who want to throw it in their backpack pocket really easily on the side and just go. That's awesome. Um, so that one, I'm I'm hoping that one works out. If it doesn't work out and I don't sell it to anybody, I'll have one for myself, yeah. which I'm totally okay with. Yeah. Right. What about um? Are you uh, looking at all into like bow pieces, like grips or anything like that? Um, I haven't really looked into it. Um, and it all comes back to like it starts with if I have a problem with something and then 
Right. What do I want? And then it sounds kind of selfish when I say it that way. No, um, but it, I mean, it's the time that you're designating putting it in for, you know what I mean? So it's like, mm-hmm. it, if it's a hundred, some people that have a problem, like you're weighing it, you know, you know what I mean? But if it's something where you see like, that's an exact need, I'm sure I'm not the only one, you know, I yeah. can see the, why you would make that then. Yep. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. Like, it really can be anything. And like, I'm not investing in a injection molded tool, which could cost $10,000 just to pay for a tool. Right. I'm, I'm using a printer, which I've already paid for and I'll print off eight of them before I'm comfortable with the design. And then I'm like, okay, let's go with it right. and fire up the printers. They take a little bit to print, but if you get enough, I have a, a printing farm now is what I call it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's good stuff. Well, hey, man, that kind of just wraps everything all up that we want to get into. And, you know, where could people learn more about you and find you and all that type of stuff? Yeah, so um, I have Facebook and Instagram. Both of them are Genesis 3D Printing. Um, I have a YouTube channel, Genesis 3D Printing. Bear with me, I'm not the greatest video editor, editor, but it gets the point across how my system works. Um, And then I also have a website at Genesis3DPrinting.com. So Awesome, man. Well, hey, everybody, please go check them out. I know a lot of you listening are big into mobile hunting and uh, some great products that I think that will make your life easier. And uh, I know for a fact, they'll make my life easier coming up this fall. And we're we're excited and uh, happy that again, it's just kind of that that you're doing it yourself. You, you saw a need and, and some cool innovative things and uh, congrats to you, man. I, we're looking forward to using some of your products this, this fall and uh, good luck this upcoming season, man. So uh, everybody make sure you go check Austin out at all his social media pages. And uh, thank you for listening till next time. Antler up. All right, everybody, that wraps up our latest episode of the Antler Up podcast. And thank you for Austin for coming on. Uh, And again, please go ahead and check out all his stuff that he has going on uh, with his Genesis 3D printing, all the little nicks and knacks that he has coming out with the accessories for the mobile hunter. It's awesome stuff. Great quality, great reviews from everybody that I've seen online and and, uh, speaking really highly of what he has going on. And uh, so, hey, check him out over at uh, Genesis 3D printing. And, uh, you know, thank Thank you again for everybody for the support. Thank you for all the the people that uh, made the shirts uh, possible. And we're going to donate whatever proceeds that we got going on uh, to our anti-hunger program here in central Pennsylvania at our local YMCA. Uh, Check us out over at antlerupoutdoors.com. Check us out on Instagram, YouTube. Uh, Please like and subscribe. And if you like what you heard, please leave a good five-star review. Uh, We appreciate that. It goes a long way uh, for what we're doing here. So thank you again so much. Hopefully everybody had a really good uh, start of June coming up right now. So, uh, man, I can't believe we're here already. And uh, thank you so much. Antler up.